welcome to the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I'm so happy to be here. I have my good friend, Father Frank Pavone, coming on the second, third, and fourth segment to talk about saving babies. How much more important can we, you know, what's the main topic of our culture? We're killing unborn babies, thousands of them, 4,000 a day. So let's talk about what we can do to stop that nonsense. Also, good to know, File, I just want to tell you, uh, Bishop Strickland, who I interview every Tuesday on Virgin Most Powerful, tweeted that, um, two things. He first tweeted that, um, and you probably know about Patrick Coffin, his position that he doesn't believe the Pope, Francis is the Pope, which we, we don't agree with, obviously. Uh, so Bishop Strickland tweeted this, please allow me to clarify regarding Patrick Coffin, has challenged the authenticity of Pope Francis, that he's not the Pope. He said, if this is accurate, which it is, he said he doesn't think he's the Pope. I've spoken with him. He said, I disagree with him. I believe Pope Francis is the Pope. But it's time for me to say that I reject his program of undermining the deposit of faith. Well, and he says, follow Jesus. Well, this is probably going to get him in a little trouble because... Some people are going to say he's criticizing the Pope. Well, I think Jess and I, back in May of 22nd of 2018, Pope Francis told the Italian bishops, so no difference, American bishops, Italian bishops, it's not a sin to criticize the Pope. So the Pope has big, you know, thick skin, So he, hopefully, because the bishops are supposed to tell him not what he wants to hear, but what he needs to hear as advisors to him. And I think Pope Francis needed to hear his bishops tell them that, hey, look at James Martin, Father Martin, undermining the faith. Look at all these prelates that are in the Vatican that do not conform to the teachings of the church. And again, why do I say all this? It's because uh, this is what's happening in our church today. And we know that I've said it, I've said it a hundred times about the promises that priests and bishops make when they're ordained, Right to teach the perennial teachings of the church. And I said this before, that I'm a married man. I made a promise to my wife on the altar. I'm going to hold to it. So the, the point I'm making here is what Bishop Strickland is doing is doing a favor to Pope Francis by criticizing him regarding the uh, things like the Senate uh, of Senadality, which is under... I mean, look at what happened over the weekend. The bishops in... Germany just said, hey, we, sh we need to ordain women. Okay, If that's not you know, undermining the deposit of faith, what is? Because it's on his watch. See, I, I'm a, I've run many Catholic apostolates, whether it's the Lighthouse Catholic Media, St. Joseph Communications Catholic Resource Center. I, I'm the boss. So if something is happening in the company, I'm going to be held responsible before God. I have to be the manager of that. Now, I'm not in management, I'm in sales in the Catholic Church, but the Pope is in charge of the Church. So when things are going bad, like, for example, what's happening at Notre Dame, uh, where they're allowing, you know, um, all kinds of immorality going on, and the bishops do nothing, and then the Pope doesn't, uh, you know, say this has to stop. These are things that are undermining the faith for 10 years this has been going on. So we here at, at Virgin Most Powerful, we pray for the Holy Father. Last Thursday night, we were down on our knees praying before the Blessed Sacrament for the Pope, the bishops, all priests, because we're living in very confusing times. Think about 
when a, a, a prelate, a, a cardinal in Rome who's running the Senate can say, hey, the Bible's wrong about homosexuality. We've, we now have more data because of science and that we think it's okay. You see, those kind of guys, whoever's in charge of them, need to be told, no, what you did is contrary to the perennial teachings of the church. If you don't repent, I'm going to remove you because you're undermining the flock. And since he's not being removed, there's only one person that can remove him. It's the Pope. So what responsibility I had when I had, you know, six, seven hundred people working at Lighthouse as reps, that I had to be responsible for this organization? Think about having, you know, over a billion souls under your, you know, under your realm, like the Pope has. That's why we need to pray for him. So I just wanted to make that clear that Pope, Pope Francis needs our prayers, and I think what Bishop Strickland did was a favor to the Holy Father to really have him examine who he's putting in charge of different Vatican departments because they're undermining the faith, and who he's fired, like Cardinal Burke, Cardinal, all these different cardinals that have been pushed out who teach the perennial teachings of the church, and it's the Holy Father that makes those decisions. So, dear Holy Father, please confirm us in our faith. That's part of your job, not to bring confusion, but clarity. All right. Uh, today's topic, Father Frank Pavone will be with us in the second, third, and fourth segment. I wanted to um, bring the gospel in first, some soul food. And today's gospel is from John chapter five, 15 to 26. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify to me. And you also testify, because you have been with me from the beginning. I have told you this so that you may not fall away. They will expel you from synagogues. In fact, the hour is coming when everyone who kills you, <laughs> this is amazing, will think he's offering worship to God. They will do this because they have not known either the Father or me. I have told you this so that when your hour comes, you may remember that I told you. So when persecution comes, hey, I told you, you're going to be a follower of the Christ. You have two camps. You have the world and you have the devil. And right now, the world is influencing the church. I, I make my commentary about Vatican II. I was a little boy when it finished. I was like six years old. And I love the documents of Vatican II. I've read them. But they just haven't been implemented. Because we're supposed to influence the world. But it's the world that's influencing us. We've accepted too much of the worldly views and not taken enough of the gospel views. So I have a joke. Will the real Vatican II please stand up? Now, as it sounds like I'm fired up, it's because I probably had too much iced tea this morning. But I will say this. It's important for us to read the documents rather than the spirit of Vatican II. And I think that's really, really critical. Now, um, Again, going back to Bishop Strickland, I would say pray for him, that he will be whole, be whole strong. Because I think what Bishop Strickland is doing is implementing, never worry about who will be offended if you speak the truth. Even if it's the Pope that you offended. I mean, worry about who will be misled, deceived, and destroyed if you don't. I even said that my adult kids, right? I'm the father. I still have authority over them. Yeah. But if I'm doing something that's wrong, and they come and say, Dad, knock it off. You're doing X, Y, and Z. That's undermining your marriage or whatever. You're doing something wrong. They're doing me a favor. 
Now, do I have more authority than them? Yes. That's why I'm comfortable, very few laymen will do this, to, I also criticize the Pope when he's telling people things that undermine the faith. For example, in the Philippines years ago, he said, hey, you, you Filipino lady, stop breeding like rabbits. Well, that's very derogatory, Holy Father. And many women would be offended by that. As a matter of fact, I could see some people leaving the church because of something like that. I think that what the job of the vigor of Christ, it says it very clearly in the church teachings, is to confirm us in our faith, not to undermine us in our faith. And I pray for Holy F the Pope Francis every single day in the rosary when I say that he will pray the Hail Mary, Our Father, and Glory Be to confirm us in our faith because I, I feel like right now, seeing what I see in the church, uh, even over the weekend, I'm at a funeral. I see so many fallen away Catholics, so I engaged with them. And you know what they said? I'm not going to the Catholic church because there's nothing there. They just talk about nice things. They never talk about the gospel. They never talk about worldly things. Well, that's sad because souls are being led away from the church because we need to go back to the become first century Christians and not give this gobbledygook stuff about the world's teaching. All right, let's bring the smartest guy into the room, which is This is another statement that I think the Holy Father would be good to hear because so many of the cloistered nuns, like I have friends in the Norbertine sisters up in Tehachapi, they have 43 girls. In the year 2000, it was brand new. Why in the world are they growing? They're having to build more um, uh, buildings for housing the girls. And I'll tell you why. Because they're traditional. Here's what Bishop Sheen said. The cloistered men and women are doing more for our country than all its politicians, its labor leaders, its army, its navy put together. They are atoning for the sins of us all. They are averting the just wrath of God, repairing the broken fences of those who sin and pray not, rebel and atone not. As ten just men would have saved Sodom and Gomorrah, so ten just saints can save a nation now. I feel like this is what we're in right now. We have so much decadence going on in the world and also in the church that these cloistered nuns that are praying before the Blessed Sacrament making atonement for us, wow. Because remember what Our Lady of Fatima said, souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices for them. And this is the problem today. We've got too many worldly views in our prelates today. Um, just look at what they're saying that's contrary to the teachings of the church. Now, again, I want to confirm people in the faith here at Virgin Most Powerful. I want to have, pray for the Holy Father, pray for the cardinals and the bishops and the priests and the deacons, all those in positions of leadership, that they may be faithful to the deposit of faith. And this is really what we're all about, too, as lay people here at Virgin Most Powerful. I could care less about my personal opinion or Jesse's. Hey, when we come back, Father Frank Pavone will give us his take on the pro-life, what we can do to help save babies. That's why I still have him on, even though he's been defrocked as a layman now. Uh, he's still Father Frank to me. Uh, stay with us, family. We're too blessed to be stressed, too anointed to be disappointed. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Father Frank Pavone from Priest for Life is joining us. Father Frank, welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show, my friend. It's great to be back. Thanks, Terry. Yeah, glad to have you, Father. I always like to get updates on the pro-life movement 
And I can't think of a better person than you to give us that update. And also, I'd recommend uh, to our listeners to go to Priest for Life's website because of the resources that are there that people have easy access to, whether it's Rachel's Vineyard or all the different resources from um, the books that you've put together on pro-life. So I just want to thank you for your fidelity. And, you know, Father, I had to read this to you because— if I had a priest friend, which you are for many decades, I've known you for all these years, even before you were a priest at the, the seminary, I I think of a man that has stood up for the unborn and is ordained a priest, is, that I can't think of a better person than you, because I've seen all the, the fruit from it all. But mm-hmm. Pope Pius XI wrote a document called Casti Canubi, and it was on Christian marriage. And as I say, I read that document word for word with my wife, along with three to get married. And as a plug to everybody, if you're thinking of getting married, I recommend three to get married and Casti Kanubi to give you a good perspective on what marriage is all about. But this is a quote regarding standing up for life that I think really uh, should confirm you in the decades battle for the unborn. The Holy Father said those who hold the reins of government should not forget that it is the duty of the public authority by appropriate laws and sanctions to defend the lives of the innocent and this all the more so since those whose lives are endangered and assailed cannot defend themselves among whom we must mention in the first place are infants hidden in the mother's womb. I love that line. Infants hidden in the mother's womb. If the public magistrates not only do not defend them, but by their laws and ordinances betray them to death at the hands of doctors or others, let them remember that God is the judge and avenger of the innocent blood which cried from earth to heaven. Those are very, very strong words, Father Frank, but I believe that should motivate not just priests and lay people, everyone, even those in high officials like Father, or like Joe Biden, who's the president of the United States. I want him to understand that the consequences of his actions are going to come to uh, fruition, whether it's uh, bad or good, by what we do in this life. Uh, and so I wanted to get your take on that quote and ask you, does that motivate you to stand up for life when the Holy Father says it so clearly? Sure does. And uh, so many people misunderstand the relationship between church and state, and they say that the two don't mix. But on this point, both church and state speak with one voice. What do I mean? Yeah. Well, the highest authority, humanly speaking, in the church is the Holy Father. We have the various documents, encyclicals, and so forth, the beautiful quote you just read. And then, of course, that teaching amplified in our day by St. John Paul II in the Gospel of Life encyclical, 1995, Mm -hmm. Evangelium Vitae, saying the same thing, that the state must protect life, the state must protect these little babies in the womb. Now, you put that on one side. Then you look at what the founding documents of our government say. In America, the highest law is rooted in the founding documents of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Well, the Declaration says we have the right to life given to us, not by government, 
but by God our creator. And then it says, and to secure these rights, governments are instituted. So the very purpose of government is to secure the God-given right to life. Isn't that another way of saying what these papal documents are saying? So church and state are speaking with one voice about their common responsibility to protect human life. That's a, a, a truth that joins church and state together. Mm. So when someone like me stands up and says to a political party, yeah. says to Joe Biden, sure. says to the Democrats, right. hey, you're, 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 you're abdicating your responsibility unless you protect these babies from abortion. Amen. Hey, listen, I'm not saying anything different than what the Declaration of Independence says on the side of the state. There you go. And I'm not saying anything different than what the Holy Father says on the side of the church. What's the problem? I love that answer, and I'll tell you why I love that answer. Is that it gives others are listening saying, wait a minute, that's a very compelling argument that says, and I'll just be quite frank, and I'll just say it, Father Frank, you can't be a Roman Catholic and vote for the Democratic Party because of that very reason. They're the Not party anymore. of death. Right. Yeah, and so this is something that I know some it bothers some people to say that, but change your platform. Read the platform. And you'll see that that's exactly what they're promoting. And so I wanted to just give our listeners some resources that you have on your website. And one of the resources I have, I think I had it in my library here at the house, and that is the homilies that our lay people can read and give to their priests on the defense of the innocent. And I know that Father's Day is coming up, and I thought, well, what a great idea to give your spiritual father, your pastor, your associate pastor, this book by Father Frank Pavone on giving them material for homilies at the Sunday Masses. Father, tell us more about the book and how people can get it. Proclaiming the Message of Life is the book, and it is at ProclaimingTheMessageOfLife.com. Now, since I met you, uh, Terry, I've been preaching full-time on abortion throughout this country since 1993. Wow. Spoken in all 50 states, spoken on several continents. Arguably, no priest has had the opportunity to preach on this topic more than I have. That's true. And I have listened carefully uh, to the response of our, our priests, uh, uh, to the response of the people in the pews and listen to it carefully for 30 years. And out of that experience, I wrote this book, which takes the Sunday readings of the lectionary. Now, as we all know, there are three years of Sunday readings, year A, year B, and year C. Yeah. I have taken every set of Sunday readings of every one of those three cycles all throughout the year wow. and have developed for each and every Sunday a commentary on how to understand pro-life themes in those readings, how to go from those readings to the defense we owe to the unborn, protecting them from abortion. Now, this is helpful for the one who's doing the preaching, okay, the priests and the deacons, and it's helpful for the person sitting in the pew listening to those readings and listening to that preaching. One can use this as a preaching guide. One can also use it as a weekly meditation, pro-life meditation, on the Sunday readings. So ProclaimingTheMessageOfLife.com, uh, there's hardly anywhere that you can find a resource quite like it uh, with the depth of, of dealing with this issue at the present time in America. I point out to the priests and the deacons, when we preach on this, we begin 
yep. with saying to them, we'll help you. You don't have to have an abortion. We don't point fingers of condemnation. We extend hands of mercy and help and hope. So that's the starting point. And then we say, as you and I have often emphasized on this program, that we who reject abortion do not reject those who have had abortions. We reach out with compassion and forgiveness. I've, I've mentioned in my homilies, I've ministered to people who have had as many as 25 abortions. What? And even they are, are invited back to receive the forgiveness and healing mercy of Christ. So we begin, if you begin with those two points, mm -hmm. saying to the people, we're not judging you, we're here to help you. And that opens their ears then to the rest of the message where we do have to preach about the need to protect these babies, the need to get out there and help the pregnancy centers, the need to speak up, and the need to vote pro-life. That's all part of the message, but we begin with the, that, the, those, those strong messages of compassion and solidarity, and then people will be open to hearing the rest. Well, Father, again, how can people get that book? One more time. So it's Proclaiming the Message of Life, Dot com. Wonderful. And not only those resources for their books and pamphlets, I have a, a little stack of your pamphlets that people can put in the back of churches. Right. That's another effective way. Can you give an idea of what some of those topics are on your pamphlets? Well, for example, the Bible's teaching on abortion, uh, giving key biblical themes about this. Uh, another one is uh, voting with a clear conscience. What are the 10 things we there need to go. keep in mind when we prepare for elections? And then we have a nice series of little prayer books, pocket-sized prayer books. Um, one is, is general prayers for ending abortion. Another one is in the heart of his mercy, the healing prayers. Mm. In the light of his word, biblical prayers. Uh, in the embrace of his mother, Marian prayers uh, to end abortion. In the company of his saints, the pro-life saints from throughout the centuries. Another little booklet is in the power of his spirit, yeah. uh, Holy Spirit prayers Good. to end abortion. All of these are at prolifeprayers.com. Well, Father, that's what I want our people to have, the greatest resources that can help to protect the unborn. And I know that before we take a break, do you have a, a quick little story of how some of this material, is, you know, I, I get these stories from people saying, oh, what you said, you know, touched me and made me change my mind. Can you give a little success story of some of these pamphlets or booklets that you've published where people have actually written in or spoken to you to tell that you how it affected them in a positive way? Well, one of the uh, many, many parishes where I've preached uh, and given out this material, one woman comes up to me after Mass and says, I came in here today 100% pro-abortion. Wow. And now I've changed 180 degrees to pro-life. Wow. And she said it was because one of the things that I include in all this material is the story of the sea turtles. I just pointed out to her, hey, we have laws in this country protecting the sea turtles and their eggs. Yep. If we don't have the right to smash the egg of a sea turtle, why do we have the right to choose to smash a baby? And that turned her around. And you see, Father, that story is what most people are going to remember from this show more than anything else. And thank you for sharing that story because now I'm going to tell that story and all of our listeners are going to tell that story because it's a very simple story but very profound when you think about it. Think about this, Father. What do the scientists say when they're studying animals that are killing their offspring? Mm. They say something is wrong here. We've got to look into why are the pelicans killing their babies? Why are the sea turtles doing this? Why is that? Why is that? But, and they always figure out there's something going on 
that's not right for them to kill their unborn offspring. And my question is, what about us? What about us? What about us? We're killing the future citizens of our, our, our country, and we think that's a good thing. And they get hell-bent, excuse the expression, to do whatever they can to kill more babies. It's almost like they get a high out of uh, doing this. And it's, um, I have to say this, Father Frank, on the spiritual warfare side, I have read that some of the exorcists say this, that when an abortion occurs, the demons are so overjoyed that just some think about an a demon is released to go out and do more damage because killing the innocent is almost like a sacrament for the devil. Wow. Father, when we come back, can you give us an update in Ohio? What the heck is going on in Ohio and how we can support the pro-life efforts in that state and much, much more here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. I always enjoy having Father Frank Pavone on from Priests for Life. Before we get into what's happening in Ohio, I wanted to quote Cardinal Seurat. I quoted the Holy Father, Pope Pius XI, but I quote cardinals and bishops who are really vocal regarding the proclamation of the gospel, especially when it comes to the gospel of life. And Cardinal Robert Seurat, maybe I'm pronouncing it Seurat, but that's how I pronounce it, Uh, a holy uh, cardinal of the church, he said this, the church is dying because her pastors are afraid to speak in all truth and clarity. We are afraid of the media, afraid of public opinion, afraid of our own brethren. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. Father Frank Vavone, I want to just say publicly right on the air that you have implemented Cardinal Seurat his statement that we have to be bold. One of the reasons you're sitting in the chair the way you are right now is because you've been very bold to speak up for the unborn. And I'm just going to be honest with everybody listening, and they can agree or disagree, but I think that there are people in the church that we need to pray for to have a pro-life view and not have a secular view about life. And that's right inside the church. Because some of the things that have happened to you is because you've been so vocal. And I just wanted to publicly say thank you. And in your exit interview, I'm sure you'll receive a blessing from the Lord because you have always thought this and you've lived it, that you never worry about who will be offended if you speak the truth. Well, Terry, you do the same thing, and Jesse as well, and, and in so many of our audience. There's only one person we have to worry about offending, and that's God. Amen. That, 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 it really is very simple. If, if we start trying to figure out who else we have to avoid offending, yeah. I mean, that's terribly exhausting, it, isn't it? Well, I mean, said. <laughs> well said. Well terribly. said. And here's the other thing. Tell me. I can't control right. whether someone is going to be offended. That, that's what people have to understand. My mother taught me that when I was a kid. Right. You don't have control over that. And if you don't have control over that, that means you don't have the responsibility either. People can be offended by the way I I look at them, uh, by the way I don't look at them, or I turn my head this way. Oh, I get offended. He's turning away from me. Or maybe because I I, I saw something over there. I mean, it's impossible not to offend people. And here's the other thing about it. Uh, We have right now going on 
in the church and in the state a terrible oppression from the left. Mm -hmm. Now, we don't like to think about, I mean, you and I will say, Jesse will say, hey, listen, we're just Catholic. You know, it's not left or right, Right. conservative, liberal. And there's a very, very profound truth in that. And now at the same time, we have to step back and say, but it is true that within the church, there are influences from the left and and, and from the right. right. So there is this division within the church. There is this division among priests. There is this division among bishops. And and we've got to face this honestly. If we love the church, we've got to recognize what's going on here. Now, in government, uh, we see an oppression by the left. They want to take away the First Amendment. They're censoring left and right and center. Uh, and we, we saw, if we can relate it to a recent news item, we saw you know the departure of, of, uh, of Tucker Carlson from, right. from Fox, Fox, right? Okay. Now, there's people in the deep state, and, and that does exist, yes. who hate Tucker Carlson, who, who's the ladies on The View celebrated and cheered and started singing when the announcement was made that Tucker was off of Fox. Now, the fact of the matter is, nobody's going to silence him. No. And, and people are going to follow him whatever new platform he That's goes right. to. That's right. I and am. this is the, the beautiful thing about what's happening today is people can follow the voices they want to follow and, and if they hear them speaking the truth. Right. And this is, so, this is true also within the church. We're not advocating rebellion against the church. No. We're simply advocating speaking the truth that the church has always spoken. And don't let the forces of the left that are very much alive and well within the church suppress those voices. We can't let it happen. And you know, Father, I wanted to read something because, again, every Catholic priest... Every bishop, the popes, all of them have made this commitment to life in this way. When they were ordained, they were asked two questions. One, are you resolved to maintain the deposit of faith, entire and incorrupt, as handed down by the apostles and professed by the church everywhere and at all times? See, that, the perennial teachings of the church haven't changed. They can't change. So the pro-life message Every Catholic priest and bishop have made a commitment at the altar to say, I will do that. And they also said they're resolved to be faithful and constant in the proclamation of the gospel of Christ. So when you have a priest or bishop, and this is my take, I did this publicly on the air, that I said, if father or bishop, if you can't live out your promise you made at the altar about your fidelity to Christ, and his perennial teachings on the church, do us a favor, step aside, and let's get someone in there that will do it. Now, I can do that as a layman because of Canon 912 that says I'm supposed to let them know my needs. My needs are this, to let them know that I want to see priests and bishops and the Pope whatever that have made these commitments live them out to the fullest because I, as a layman, I have to live out my vow that I made at the altar on my wedding day. And so I'm just calling them, is what Bishop Sheen said back in the 70s, to encourage your priests to be holy, to encourage your bishop to live holy lives. So if it sounds like I'm being hard on you guys, I say the same thing about myself. So why, why am I bringing this up, Father? I'm bringing it up because we live in the church right now where guys dressed as priests and bishops have not been faithful to the promises they made based on their positions publicly stated, not behind the table. So what do we do? We pray for them, right? 
Yes, and, and, and here, let's look at it from two perspectives. Okay. One is the duty of the clergy, the okay. other is the, right, the rights of the faithful. Yeah. A duty of the clergy, Jesus himself said, my teaching is not my own. Mm -hmm. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will not speak on his own. Yeah. They, the, the, the Spirit and the Son receive the, the teaching from the Father. Um, if it's true for the Spirit and the Son, how much is it true for us, uh, priests and, and bishops and the Pope himself? Yeah. We're all obligated to the deposit of faith. Of that if people are confused about what their pastors or even what the Pope sometimes is saying, yeah. Yeah. listen, you don't have to. It's okay to be confused about what Father so-and-so, yeah. Bishop so-and-so, or Pope so-and-so said. Yeah. You never need to be confused about what the faith says. Exactly. The six words to keep in mind right. are what the church has always Oh, those are the six words that are your anchor. So, Great duty advice. of the clergy, hey, we're responsible to what the faith, the church has always taught. Now, the rights of the faithful. The faithful have a right to, the, to hear the fullness of the faith, the fullness of the gospel, the fullness of the Catholic doctrine. They have a right. It's not a favor that we're doing for them if we talk to them about the whole body of truth. They have a right to it. So, so it's justice to give it to them. It's injustice to withhold it from them, especially out of selfish motives of fear. Oh, I'm going to get criticized yeah. or this or that or the other thing. Listen, we don't have the right to even think about those things. We've got to look at, the, at Christ and what he's given us in the, in the Gospels, and we've got to proclaim that. You know, you know, Terry, why is it that in so many of these you know, proclamations and sometimes in sermons or or, or whatnot, we hear people, you know, I mean, we, we need to, you you were quoting the Holy Father just a little bit ago. Yeah. I always quote, you know, uh, the various popes. Sure. We need to do that, obviously. Yeah. But I, what I'm concerned about it is in a lot of, of, of statements recently and documents and whatnot, we got to be careful if we're quoting uh, a man uh, more than we're quoting Jesus Christ. Well said. And, and, and let's be careful of that we're, we're quoting scripture. That's right. That's a high. We got to quote, quote our leaders. Yeah. Yes, but we got to quote our leaders because they're quoting the word of God. Biblical worldview. That's what yes. we need. And you nailed it. And again, you know, we Catholics believe in the inerrancy of scripture. See, and, I, and I'll give you an example. And I know we're going to get to the Ohio one. We're going to keep you another segment here, Father, because we're having too much fun. <laughs> but one of the things I wanted to bring up is. Even, uh, and this is what Cardinal Seurat was saying also a, a week ago, I saw this, and even if a pope wanted to change the perennial teachings of the church, so the cardinal says he can't. It can't not be done. And I want them to be reassured, our listeners, and you said it well a few minutes ago, that you can't change the perennial teachings of the church. This is instituted by Christ, and there's nothing higher than what the Word of God teaches, whether it's on marriage or whether it's on the unborn, these are teachings that will be true 500 years from now, 1,000 years from now. So reassure yourself that no matter what, a priest, bishop, even the Holy Father, he can't change the perennial teachings of the church. It's not, he's not capable of doing that. As a matter of fact, the role of a pastor, bishop, the pope, is to confirm us in our faith. How? By using scripture and tradition, they work together. That's my take on it, Father. Well, Paul said, you know, don't listen to false gospels. Don't listen to false preachers. And then he said this, and here again is where we go back to everything that we're saying here. Yeah. He said, even if we come back to you and preach a gospel other than what you have received, don't listen. Yes. If an angel from heaven comes to you That's and right. preaches a different God, don't listen. Yep. And, and this is what we've got we've to remind people of.
And Father, we're going to take a quick break in a minute, but I want to give your websites. Give us a couple websites that are available for resources for pro-life. And also, I always say there's got to be someone who's had an abortion. What yes. can we tell them? Yes, we are with you. Just with the words that God says to us, we are with you. We're not against you. Come for forgiveness. Abortionforgiveness.com. You can find healing ministries that we run and that others operate nearest to you. Abortionforgiveness.com. Uh, another key website, we're talking about activating the church, prolife.church. Church yes. is actually the web extension. Prolife.church. You'll find all kinds of resources there for prayer, preaching, and counseling, and motive, mobilizing. Uh, and then, of course, our main website, endabortion.us. Endabortion.us encompasses all our ministries, everything I've been saying, everything I've been doing the last 30 years, yes. and I'm sure everyone will find something useful there. And they're all soul retreats for Rachel's Vineyard that people have had yes. abortions for healing. How does that work, real quick? That works where people come together. We have Catholic retreats. We have interdenominational retreats. We have some retreats in Spanish. Uh, rachelsvineyard.org. Uh, and you, you can also find this at Abortion Forgiveness, which we've mentioned, abortionforgiveness.com. Awesome. Uh, and come to those retreats, and you'll be able to find peace after abortion. When we come back, we're going to have another segment with Father. Can you tell I like the guy? Yeah, you know why? <laughs> we're talking about the unborn, and we're going to talk about what's going on in Ohio. I promise this next segment we'll cover that and much more. Stay with us, family. We're going to come right back after a quick break. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Father Frank Pavone joining us here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Father, what is going on in the battle in Ohio regarding the unborn? Can you share key, with us? Key, key battleground right now. We need all hands on deck. Okay. This year, 2023, yeah. the pro-abortion forces have organized in Ohio for a ballot initiative. Now, they're working now to get it on the ballot, okay. but this is an initiative we need to oppose because what it would do is put unrestricted abortion into the Ohio Constitution. Notice what's happening here. It's an end run oh, yeah. around the legislative process by which the people of Ohio have in many ways affirmed life, restricted abortion, protected the unborn. Now the pro-aborts wanna say, oh no, 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 it's against the Ohio Constitution to limit abortion. Where in the world are they getting that? They're yeah. getting it from the same place that the Supreme Court 50 years ago got Roe v. Wade, namely out of thin air. Yeah. There's never been a constitutional right to abortion uh, proclaimed in the United States uh, up until the time of Roe v. Wade. That's why Roe v. Wade was just reversed right. last year, because they said, wait a minute, there's no history here. There's no substance to this. So what the pro-abortion people are trying to do is to say, well, what the Supreme Court just took away from us in the federal constitution, we're going to put it back on the state level. Yeah, but they have no more basis for putting it back on the state level than they did to put it in the federal constitution 50 years ago. This does an end run around the will of the people. But the but the good news is they, they have to work through the legislature to a certain extent to get this thing uh, onto the ballot in the first place. We need people to, in Ohio and people everywhere else, to talk to people they know in Ohio to say, look, Say no to this effort. Right now, they're gaining signatures, uh, Terry. That's the stage it's at right now. The pro-abortion people are getting signatures to be able to put this on the ballot. And also, in the legislature, 
They are trying to make it harder to amend their constitution. Right now, you only need 50% plus one to amend the Ohio constitution. That seems to be a low threshold. That's the threshold for for legislation, that not for, for changing the underlying basis for legislation. Wow. So right now, the, the, the legislature is trying to say, uh, let's put that up to 60%. And as we're recording this right now, that is just about to happen. But, but I would say contact your legislators anyway in Ohio, the state legislators, and, 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 and say that, yeah, it should be a little harder to amend the Constitution that it is now. We can't let the pro-abortion forces get away with this in Ohio. Um, so many of the good laws that have been passed over these years would be taken away. They also have a bunch of transgender nonsense in this particular amendment uh, that would uh, that would be be forced on the people of Ohio. Uh, we have a lot more details on our webpage, uh, and this is another page you've been letting me give the sure, different we websites. Want you to, yeah. ProLifeVote.com will give the, in, the details there. But all hands on deck in Ohio over these next coming months are going to be very important. Father Frank, give us an update on the abortion pill that the Supreme Court uh, is kind of like kicking the, the can down the road a little bit. Why don't you tell us what's involved in that? Please? Yeah, the Supreme Court made a, just a procedural decision. In other words, this, this uh, question... Is, is still working itself out in the lower courts as far as should this abortion drug combination be allowed right now, or did the FDA over these recent years and decades cut corners yeah. and do it the wrong way? We know they cut corners. I mean, the history is clear. We at Priests for Life have been battling against the, the FDA and these abortion drugs since 1994. Um, what they keep doing is is they 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 are obsessed with making it easier and easier to kill babies oh. through drugs that we know have harmful effects not only on the baby but on the mother yeah. and yet they keep pushing and pushing oh let's just let's 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 make it easier and easier let's let have to let it not not have to come to the, to uh, the clinic for appointments uh, so frequently let's allow them to get this in the mail let's not require them to see a doctor in person. All of these things have health consequences. And uh, what we're saying is right now, let's let the court look at this more closely. And thank God they are looking at it. Our friends at the Alliance Defending Freedom uh, launched this uh, lawsuit to say, hey, the FDA is not serving American women by cutting corners on health and safety. They did it wrong. Yep. There are laws in place that, that are supposed to protect uh, the, the American public uh, from... Uh, too easily approving uh, drugs uh, out there that are uh, could have harmful effects. So now, thank God, the courts are taking a closer look at this. Yeah. And what the Supreme Court said recently was, let's go back to the status quo uh, where, yeah, there are certain limitations, but let, let's just leave everything in place while the court uh, looks at this more closely. The lower court had said at a certain point recently, let's make it stricter. Let's make it harder to get these drugs. Yes. The Supreme Court said, well, let the process work itself out. So this is not by any means um, at the point of a final decision. Yes. We need to be speaking up about how harmful these drugs are, both to the baby and to the mother, yes. uh, and how, you know, abortion, here's, here's a key point in this case. Yeah. Abortion should not have uh, 
uh, an exception to any rules that are applied to any other kind of medications or right. procedures. The abortion industry always wants an exception. They always want it to be easier to get an abortion than it is to get any other kind of medical uh, yeah. procedures or, or medications. They always want less regulations on the abortion clinics or on the abortion drugs mm -hmm. than on any other procedure or medication. And we've got to say, you know, first of all, of course, as far as you and I are concerned, Abortion is not medicine at all. It's nope. not health care at all. Nope. You should never allow the killing of a baby. But even if a person says, yeah, you know, it could be allowed, why should there be any special treatment given to the abortion uh, 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 techniques than any other, if you, even if you want to call it a medical procedure, than any other medical procedure? And that's where, that's very much the essence of this case that's now being, being worked out. The final thought I wanted to get your take on is a lot of women even Catholic women have been taking birth control pills. And many of them don't hear enough about the evils of it on the moral aspect, but also on the natural aspect of how it could really affect their health in a very bad way. I yeah. know you have a pamphlet on that. Can you just summarize uh, the teachings of the church on contraceptives and also talk about on the natural level, what effect it has on a woman? Well, taking the second part first, I always remember Monsignor William Smith, who we both knew, teaching us in moral theology. He says, look, you know, God always forgives. People sometimes forgive. Nature never forgives. Uh, bad medicine is bad morality. That was Man. another thing he always yep, said. Remember. You know, these things are, these drugs, anti-life drugs, anti-conception, uh, anti-birth drugs, whether they prevent the conception of a child or whether they kill a child already conceived, are both bad medicine and bad morality. They are going to have negative effects because you're going against what the body is trying to do. Medicine is supposed to help the body do what it's supposed to do, but is having a problem doing. But these abortion drugs and these contraceptive drugs do the opposite. They stop the body from doing what it's supposed to be doing and is mm -hmm. trying to do. That's always going to have negative consequences, like driving a car down the highway 60 miles an hour and suddenly putting it in reverse. You're going to do some damage to the vehicle and to yourself. That's right. What we're talking about when we look at the church's teaching on contraception is really rooted in something very simple. God is life and God is is love. And it's one God. So life and love always go together. Man. Uh, what contraception does is tries to divide them. Oh, you can show love for another person, but you don't have to be saying yes to life. Yes, we do have to be saying yes to life. That doesn't mean a life will be conceived at that moment. It means, Lord, we're open. We're ready. We're generous. We trust you. We trust your plan. That's it. And, and, and uh, that's the whole basis of the teaching. Uh, you know, in my pro-life work, we work very, very much on an interdenominational basis. I have found over the years that our brothers and sisters in the other denominations yes. are more and more open to understanding and accepting the, the, the Catholic Church's longstanding teaching on contraception because they see how biblically based it is. Oh, yeah. uh, and I think we're finding a rediscovery of that teaching. Father, I, do you see the connection from Hermani Vitae back in 1968 where Pope Paul VI reaffirmed the traditional teaching that contraception is intrinsically evil yeah. and how mixed up we are regarding transgenderism, 
Uh, do you see the connection where once we separate love and life, then sexuality becomes kind of like, well, whatever we want it to be. Do you, is there a connection there? Oh, there's a very deep connection, uh, and it's what Bernard Nathanson said. Uh, you know, he was asked, well, does, does contraception lead to abortion? Mm -hmm. And he said something very similar to what John Paul II said. Yeah. John Paul said they are fruits of the same tree. Yeah. yeah. Nathanson said they are, they are coming from the same source, which is, he said, it's the perversion of autonomy. Wow. In other words, it's freedom. It's the assertion of my choice, yeah. my body, my rights, my choice, my life, divorced from truth. <laughs> it's not that we're anti-choice. It's that we're anti-dividing choice from truth. If you keep them together, you're going to be able to affirm both. If you separate them, well, then you've gone too far. If, and, and that's where, like with transgenderism, why can we today not say a man is a man or a woman is a woman. Maybe it's because for 50 years we've been saying a baby's not a baby. There you go. You, you divorce, that's a divorce from, from biology, from truth, from reality, back at the time of Roe v. Wade. For 50 years we've been saying a baby's not a baby. Yep. And it's like once you say that, well then you can say a man's not a man, a woman's not a woman. And, and that's why when I talk to students, you know how I begin my, my, my talks to, to, to young people about abortion? I do this, I'll take, out a, I'll take out a pen and I'll hold it up and I'll say, is this a pen? And they all say yes. And here's what I say, Tell me. mark my words, before the end of this discussion, you'll be saying that this is not a pen. Wow. That's what pro-abortion does. Great analogy. Father Frank Pavone, Priest for Life. Go to the website, give him a donation. Support the work of the uh, innocent life that he's protecting through abortion. Father Frank, if Jesse was here, I'd ask him this question. What state should we be living in? You're smiling at me. What state, Father? The state of grace. Amen. And Father, I always end to talk about Our Lady. Our Lady of Fatima said that souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Think of the abortionists that are doing abortions right now. Can we pray for their conversion? We see this happening. Many of them have been converted. And I'm convinced many times it's the prayers of people like you and I, ahoy polloi, so you can participate in the salvific work of Christ with his redemption on the cross by offering all your sacrifices for the sinners that are out in the world. And that's what Our Lady's asking us all to do. Pray and sacrifice. Thanks again, Father Frank, for joining us here on the Terry and Jesse Show. God bless you.